Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Guys Who Law. I'm Jesse Weber. I'm Andrew Icebrook. And we have uh, interesting topics today because our first story, we were going to talk about something else, and then we had breaking development this morning with the military-style raid and arrest of Roger Stone. So we're yeah. going to talk about that. Between this and the, the shutdown deal that came off today, Trump, yeah. Trump agreed to a deal to uh, stop stop the shutdown temporarily. Uh, it, was, it was a huge news day. Huge news day. And by the way, that's a, a good thing because the things were just getting really out of control. LaGuardia Airport, there were no more flights going in there. You couldn't even fly into LaGuardia Airport. Hey, it was already a mess, LaGuardia. Yeah. Know, like, it makes it worse. It just adds to it. Yeah. Uh, then after Roger Stone, we're going to talk about that lawsuit filed by a big fan of the Louis, uh, New Orleans, of uh, the New, a uh, big fan of the New Orleans. <laughs> you can see Saints. how big of a sports fans we are. <laughs> Football. What is this? This is where they take the ball and has it. So there was a lawsuit filed uh, by this attorney who's a big fan of the Saints representing season ticket holders who were very upset about a missed call in the game against the Rams, and they felt that the Rams, uh, that the Saints were cheated out of uh, that game, and we'll talk more about that. And then, Andrew, what are we concluding the podcast with? We're going to go into our crazy laws around the world segment. Um, And this week, we are going to be focusing on the Caribbean. Um, Caribbean. Is it Caribbean, Caribbean or Caribbean? You say Caribbean. I say Caribbean. I what? Amba? It's Caribbean. Caribbean, exactly. Amba, your family's from the Caribbean. Okay, why so did I, you I, say I it? Why did you say it like Fantasy Island? Pirates Welcome of the to the Caribbean. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. That's how they. That's how they pronounce that, right? So we are getting the correct pronunciation from Disney rides. Yeah, we're all about accuracy all right. here. Got it. Um, but basically, they have they have a law in a lot of Caribbean countries that ban <laughs> the use of camouflage. So we'll go into that later. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start off with Roger Stone. Now, a lot of people are probably like, who is this guy? He's a white-haired gentleman that dresses very extravagantly. Have you ever seen the way he dresses? A, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he wears like really outrageous-looking three-piece suits. They seem a little boxy. In fact, I last, I saw him in person a f- about a month ago, maybe two months ago. He was outside Fox News headquarters wearing this overly disheveled suit, screaming into a cell phone. Well, he is a guy who's been in and out of politics for years. Um, He's a political operative. That's the best way to explain it. He has been a longtime aide to President Trump. Some have called him an informal advisor to President Trump. And this morning of this broadcast, he was arrested by the FBI in a raid in his Fort Lauderdale home. This is following an indictment where he was indicted on seven counts, including witness tampering, obstruction of justice, and making false statements in relation to him allegedly trying to sabotage Hillary Clinton's campaign in the 2016 presidential uh, campaign. And what he's basically been accused of is that he knew and helped orchestrate. Remember those WikiLeaks of the DNC hacked emails? Right, yeah. And he helped with the release of it. And help provide information to the Trump campaign about that release. Yeah, that'd be a big no-no. Well, 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 we'll talk about that. But really, what he got indicted for wasn't so much about interfering in the election. It was basically about lying to Congress, obstructing justice, and influencing or tamp- trying to uh, tamper with a witness's testimony, which is very reminiscent of other people who have been indicted by Mueller's office in very similar fashion. You know, the first thing that caught me from this is, again, if you're the Trump campaign and we saw Trump come out, we saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders say, well, 
No collusion. Nothing to do with the presidency. No collusion. Now, I want to take a step back there. You can't say it has nothing to do with the presidency. You can't say it has nothing to do with the campaign because he was a friend of Trump and there was communications. But they're right. There's nothing in there that's a violation or they haven't cited anything as a violation of federal election laws. What he's basically been charged with is lying to Congress. How many times have we seen people been indicted for lying to the FBI, lying to Congress, making false statements? It's just another example. Well, of so it. What, what, what exactly is the lie that they're saying that he, he said to Congress? They opened an investigation into Russian interference, and they asked him if he had any information about the WikiLeaks. Did he share any? But he, if you read the indictment, it's very clear that he lied lied straight to them about information because they have text messages that clearly reveal yeah. this. The other interesting thing is he was trying to a witness was going to, you know, either I think testify or speak out to Congress and he in a series of messages told him to plead the fifth, do a Frank Pantangeli, which is if anybody's a fan of Godfather Part 2, that was a character who was supposed to speak in front of Congress and felt threatened that his brother was going to be killed by Michael Corleone. And basically, as, first said he had all this information, then he gets to Congress and goes, oh, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I don't so basically to shut up. This is huge because this guy, Roger Stone, comes out after being in, uh, he was arraigned this morning, goes on the steps, does the Nixon pose, and says, I'm I totally I'm totally innocent. I'm never going to testify against the president. No it's better to have bad news than, than no news at all. He is a character. He said, he, he was like, yeah, I haven't even read the indictment yet, but not guilty to everything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's been accused of being a liar by multiple people, and is it so surprising that he would be lying now? What's his actual background? Like, where did he, where does he work make his living? I think he worked for Nixon yeah. at some point. He was been in and out of campaigns. They did a documentary on him on Netflix. He's a guy, when you think about politics and those backroom people making those deals or getting like the fixer of politics that's who he is huh. he's a like lot the, of people don't like him he's like the ray donovan of politics he's the ray donovan <laughs> of politics which is a great show you ever watch it yeah of course yeah. yeah ask me a question say say will you take care of it for me will you take care of it for me jesse sure he says sure in <laughs> sure. every uh but no so when i look at this the, the most important thing that i see is people are so caught up in the idea of collusion 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 russian collusion there's no statute for collusion right there's nothing like that mm -hmm. but if he had if people are getting trouble for breaking the law by lying to congress that's all that matters do we really care if there was russian interference or do people just care if trump his family and close associates are, are get indicted and are, are and are sent to jail that's all that people care they don't really care what the cause of action is yeah i um they care more about the Trump part than the Russian, the Russian part. But they do care about whether members of his campaign were also colluding. Okay, there is a part in the indictment that's probably the most important part. Yeah. It says that someone directed a uh, senior member of the Trump administration to make contact with Stone about this WikiLeaks. Yeah. Who's the someone? Now, John Berman, I think, from CNN, yeah. interviewed Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Like, who's the, who's the someone? Was it Trump? And she's like, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what this means. And like, she kind of evaded the question. Right. Who she, is the someone? You think it's a, someone who's part of his family? Let's say it's Trump. Yeah. Let's say Trump told somebody in the senior administration, let's say Bannon, who we believe they think is yeah. one of the, okay, said to Bannon, I want you to find out what he has about this, uh, these WikiLeaks, okay? Yeah. Is that illegal? 
You know, it's not illegal to possess this inf- the stolen emails or even to release them. It's not, I don't think it's illegal. What's the What's the illegal part? Just the lying. You tell. Yeah, yeah. the part is the, the the illegal part. None of his activity in the, the, the indictment was found. So, he wasn't indicted for any of the activity. He was indicted for lying and into witness intimidation, trying to obstruct justice. There was nothing in there that said, "Oh, what he was doing by releasing these emails or being involved in it." I didn't see a violation of any election statute. So what do you think happens here? Is he is he going to get away with this, or is it going to be a plea deal, or what? Do you believe that a man like him is telling the truth? Because that, uh, this is my first question. Do you think he's telling the truth about everything? I mean, I, I just by hearing him, probably not. So if he says he's never going to testify against the president or provide information against the president, do we believe him? My theory is every time Mueller indict somebody it's a way to get information from them to build his case right right? yeah targets trump and his family right if this guy is not going to provide any information then what did he gain from it right that's true unless it unless through this indictment he could get information about somebody else and then indict them and then get information about trump i mean i bet michael cohen might have said the same thing at the beginning too that i'm never gonna say anything against trump this guy feels more radical though yeah this guy feels way more radical like he he's the guy in like a movie (laughs) i i don't even know what movie i'm thinking about who's so loyal that would like I'm not saying do like you like jump out the window to protect the because he didn't even have to say that at the press conference today i know what is he doing (laughs) He has a tattoo of Nixon on his back. <laughs> I mean, I have one of, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on my left nipple. <laughs> and I have, uh, uh, what, uh, Taft on my right shoulder blade. But... Did you see the video of him drinking uh, Russian vodka? No. And then someone came up behind him and he turns over and he's like, oh, so just because I'm drinking some Russian vodka, you think I'm colluding? Liptards. And he put that out there on like, on, like social media, I think. A part of me feels like he loves this. Yeah, I think he does too. He was he he seemed to be enjoying himself today. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah. Always said, it's better to have bad press or bad attention than no attention at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, for him, I think he might face the same kind of thing as Manafort Cohen. If he yeah. if he doesn't take a plea deal and fights this out, there is a strong chance he would be found guilty based upon the indictment alone. So you think this is just a a, a part of? Moore's web of <laughs> let's go back <laughs> we to love it. The web of, of how he's going to get to Trump. We've always said that Mueller has this web, like uh, like a you know like a true detective web, right. you know, with the different pinpoints and the wires connecting everybody. Yeah, and he's like, yes, it's like the next step, phase four. Phase four is is underway. Yeah. Come Nagini, that's the, I, that's <laughs> the name. Yeah, hey, come Nagini. Let's look at what I've created. <laughs> Yeah. But I think also the thing is every time he indicts somebody, it's an extension of his report. In other words, everybody's like, when is his report coming out? When are we going to get answers? We're getting pretty close to, to the, the, the the next election, 2020. So Yeah, yeah, but I imagine if he drops the report right before the election. I mean, I would think he's got to drop I don't know it before. If that's, I think that's illegal to do that. I'm not sure. It'll be nice I, I think that's what happened yeah. with Comey and stuff. Like you can't influence an election right. based upon uh, uh, an investigation. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter because if Trump is elected out of office, that report is still coming in. And if Trump did something illegal, he can go right after him. That's true. But like, wouldn't it be nice if it came out before people went out to vote? 
Problem is, every time he indicts somebody, yeah. it just, I think, just pushes back the report. They're like, oh, well, now he just invited somebody else. The report's not coming out yet. Right. I think when we hear a, there's like a lull and we don't hear him for a while, boom, report comes out. Hmm. I don't know. All right. So what do you think about this? this we've, we have, we've had a lot of these sort of cases come up in yeah. the last couple months. And nobody knows this guy as well. He's not a common household name. Like, if I spoke on the street, people know Trump, his family. Yeah. But, right. like, Roger Stone, people are like, oh, yeah, who is that? Yeah. I'll go with a seven and a half because he's not directly related to anything. And, yes, he, he it's, more, it's very individual, his crimes, but he is connected to the Trump and the campaign. Yeah, I, I give this a seven. Um, you know, someone in Trump's inner circle, a confidant who is being char- charged with a few different counts. We'll see what comes out of it. It might just be part of uh, Mueller's plan to uh, to get information to help him with his ultimate uh, report. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jesse, I feel like your your uh, theory is always if there's smoke, there's fire, right? I mean, but, there's a lo- he, he, yeah. look. He could also have information to. There was there's a lot of ways that you read those messages, and maybe he didn't mean what what it looks like. Maybe he wasn't lying. Maybe yeah. it meant something else. I mean, that's also going to be up to a jury or a bench trial, you know, a judge. But yeah. Um. So it's not. It's never so easy to say what would happen. I just think. Still, have we heard from Robert Mueller? Has anyone seen him in years? <laughs> no, I'm scared. To, I'm scared to hear from him. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing like a mask. He probably hasn't seen the sun in like a year. <laughs> his, his desk is filled with papers. Yeah. Oh. And misery. He's got to get out a little bit. No. Yeah, you don't see Robert Mueller on the beach. No. 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 He's alone. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like if you worked for the uh, you worked for the special counsel, like they're like, oh, you're gonna see Robert Mueller. You go to a, like hit the button on the elevator, goes all the way down to a, an area where there's no cell the service. Yeah, I know. yeah, you walk all around these corridors, and he's just waiting for you. That report like is probably locked up so tight. That, I bet like he probably has a, a team that outside of that team, nobody is in, is involved. Like has seen anything. When that report ultimately drops, that is going to be the biggest news day ever. Yeah, I mean, huge. Legal, legal news, and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> no, nah, we'll just talk about like skunks that you know, <laughs> you know. that are eat, being eaten in a country. Or we'll something. play it by ear. Yeah, of course. If we do talk about it, it'll be rated pretty high though. I it should be a full hour episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Next topic has nothing to do with politics for the most part. No, but it has a yeah. political aspect to it. Yeah, that's true. So, how many football fans out there? Woo! <laughs> Not many in this room. And as everybody knows who follows our podcast, Andrew and I are huge sports fans. (laughs) I think the last time I watched a football game, I watched the New England Patriots, though, beat um, the team that they played. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever they played. Who'd they play? Uh, Shit, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. (laughs) They played another football team? Amba. Amba. Who'd they play? Oh, she doesn't even know. They're in the Super Bowl now. They're in the Super Bowl now. Yeah. And... um, I, I know, I know. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Yeah. Amba and I were talking about. This How do you like before. that? How do you like that? That's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. Look at you, yeah. sports. You should work for a Sports Center. Yeah, or ESPN, as the kids <laughs> say. No, I, I'm. I liked. I was saying Amba that I, even though I'm from New York, I like Tom Brady because he's such a legend. I just want him to keep winning, so I could look back and be like, what a legend. And like, he went to Michigan too. And he did go to Michigan. Yeah. Go blue. All right, let's go back to what we're talking about. Last weekend, the LA Rams defeated the New Orleans Saints in overtime, 26 to three. According to many fans, the missed pass interference call with less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter prevented the Saints from scoring and ultimately winning the game in a tie game, which would have been 20 to 20. 
If the call was made, the, sta- the Saints would have received an automatic first down at the 10-yard line. New Orleans-based attorney now, Frank D'Amico, has filed a lawsuit asking NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to force a replay of the NFC Championship game from the moment of pass interference on. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. (laughs) It really feels that the Saints were cheated. Here's an interesting note, though. According to NFL Rule 17, Section 2, Article 1, the commissioner has the sole authority to investigate and take appropriate disciplinary and or corrective measures if any club action, non-participant interference, or calamity occurs in an NFL game which the commissioner deems so extraordinarily unfair or outside the accepted tactics encountered in professional football that such action has a major effect on the result of the game. And they say that the commissioner powers the commissioner's powers under this Section 2 include the reversal of a game's result or the rescheduling of a game, either from the beginning or from the point at which the extraordinary act occurred. Hmm, I didn't even know that the commissioner could do that. Here's the best part of the lawsuit when you read it. He is claiming that Saints ticket holders, who he represents, they are claiming damages in the form of mental anguish and emotional trauma, loss of faith in the NFL, loss of enjoyment of life, loss of entertainment, and distrust of the game. The, the, the funny thing about it is I completely believe that those that those people are feeling all those things. Just oh. knowing how football fans are, yeah. they, they, they're definitely feeling like a loss of enjoyment of life yeah. and loss of entertainment. Um, but I don't know if that's like a legal uh, – that has any credence legally in this instance. All due respect yeah. to yeah. this attorney, when I read his complaint, it kind of looked like a first year out of law school. Right. It didn't – I'm like, This really? must be a PR stunt, honestly. I mean, there's no way. There, even the guy – by the way, it's interesting. That Rams com- uh, cornerback, Nickel Roby Coleman, admitted that there should have been a probably a pass interference called. Like yeah. he admits he did wrong. But even if that's the case, there's no way this lawsuit is going to fly. I actually learned something interesting looking at this. Do you know what a ticket is? Like a ticket for a game? Yeah. Yeah. It's a revocable license, a license to get into the stadium, watch the game, use the facilities. But that's it. There's no guarantee of an outcome based on what your expectations are. Right. You know, it makes sense. And I think people have tried to do this sue in the past, especially with Deflategate. Yeah. Well, you're you're, you're paying to see a sports event, but you're not paying for a guaranteed win by your team. Yeah. Can you imagine if this was a successful lawsuit? Yeah. Every time somebody felt wronged, they would file a lawsuit. This would be precedential. Yeah. It would be ridiculous. I mean, Any sport, they'd be like, oh, I, you know, that was a bad call. That player did this. I feel wronged. Isn't the whole point of sports like, it's a kind of, you know, I bet, you I get bet, involved? I, I bet Saints fans are loving this, though. They must think this guy is a hero for filing, filing a lawsuit. Like it's bringing them attention. Whenever there's like a horrible call, like fans go crazy and they blame the refs, they blame they blame the lead, they blame they blame everybody. Now with like the electronic review that you can like review it over videotape and uh, sometimes they have like a, a, a an artificial intelligence way of seeing if it was there or not. Yeah. It was there or not. But uh, like like it's easy to see if it was the wrong call or not. Like what happened to the days where you just like relied on what the ref said and went with it? I don't think that there was ever a day like that. Haven't they been <laughs> people, arguing? People complain, but there was no like electronic review of, of, of it. You yeah. ever see a, an umpire getting yelled at by the by the coaches? coaches? Yeah, yeah, people got mad, but Re- uh, refs such a thankless job. 
Yeah. It's what? It's no no fun. They got the best seats for the for the games though, I guess. But they can't even pay. They can't really enjoy it. They have to pay attention. It's it's yeah. also I feel like the same person like the ref in a boxing match or a UFC match. Yeah. They're right there, but they can't enjoy it. They have to watch. It must be very stressful. There's so many fans who are who are who are banking on you just making the right call. Oh yeah. And if you screw them over. They're, they're not going to be happy. They'll, they'll, they'll find out your name and might hunt you down. And that's how passionate people are about sports. I wonder if the day will come, you talked about artificial intelligence, when refs are now replaced by robots. Yeah. You know? Robot, like, going down the side of the field, catching plays. Yeah. Murdering people, Terminator style. <laughs> That would help, I guess. I don't know. Would it help? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> T-1000. And then um, certain plays also, like pass interference, are subjective, too. So like, Of course. They have factors, but I think it depends on what the ref sees at that moment. So, yeah. Um, I get that people are upset that their team's not in the Super Bowl. It's a um, huge thing. They were expecting it. Have you ever been to the Super Bowl? Uh, no. Have you? No. Nah, I'd rather watch it on television. <laughs> it's like what? Uh, it's... You know, people think going to the event is a lot more fun than watching on television. Sometimes I disagree. It's a lot of crowds. It's a lot. I don't like people. I don't, I don't like being around a lot of people. Yeah, well, you know, just a lot of noise. I will say boxing matches and UFC matches are great to watch close. Yeah, I've never been to a boxing match. I would love to. I've been to one actually, like an amateur one. Oh, not, really? Not a real one. No, those are good. Yeah. I, but golf tournaments, Yeah. like, like yeah, walking those, up and down, it's no. just exhausting. If I have to walk around and like do exercise myself no. while watching a sporting no. event, that doesn't seem enjoyable. U.S. Open's great to watch. Oh, that, that I really like. Yeah. yeah. Baseball games, too. U.S. Open tennis, U.S. Open. As, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. Open yeah, tennis. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, if I was a judge, though, Right, and I heard this case. Would a part of you be like, and you had full discretion? All right, let's see which way this lawsuit goes. Like, just they'll hear it out. <laughs> um, yeah, the judge would probably be ridic- ridiculed, though. Or yeah, I, I would be ridiculed if I was the judge. This lawsuit will be thrown out. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably going to file a motion to dismiss, and it will be thrown well, out. We'll start a countdown to when this lawsuit's going to throw. Gonna Up, and it's out. done. It's done. It's done. All, All right. right. So, um, you know, we're going to both rate this one low. Well, if you're in Louisiana, you rate it high. Yeah. But I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. I'm going to give it like a 1.9. This isn't, this is not going anywhere. No. Interesting. Um, all right. So weird laws around the world. This week we're in the Caribbean, right? Okay. Welcome to the Caribbean. <laughs> Why do people say Caribbean? Because they're fakers. I don't know. Um, so a number of countries in the Caribbean such as Barbados, Jamaica, St. Vincent, Grenada, Dominica, and St. Lucia, banned the wearing of camouflage by non-members of the military. If caught, offenders could face fines or even jail time. Much of the concern comes from people trying to impersonate military or police to shake down tourists or to be confused by residents as actual military or police. They don't want people in camouflage trying to extort uh, visitors coming into their country for whatever. Uh, the, the law was brought about in the 1970s when the uh, Bajan government... Uh, is it Bajan or Bajan? What do you think that is? Bajan? Bajan. The, the, the Bajan government was concerned about rebels rushing around in army gear. M- m- most recently, however, it is common for gang members to impersonate police or military personnel to rob tourists. So it's still happening. Listen, you know we talk a lot about sometimes there's stupid laws. This law makes 100% sense. Yeah, it's actually not that like weird or crazy. But I love camo. I love... Do you? I don't wear camo that much. <laughs> when do you wear camo? Ah, uh, yes. There is a great brand called Alternative Apparel. They yeah. make such soft clothing. Yeah. So I went in there, and they had camouflage 
uh, sweatpants that are probably the softest things you've ever felt in your life. Yeah. So I wore those, and I'm like, oh, this is so comfortable. And then I said, oh, wait. Look at this. They have a camouflage T-shirt. Yeah. So I bought the camouflage T-shirt. Yeah. And I well, well, it gets a little cold. And then I bought a camouflage zip-up hoodie. Wow. So now I walk around wearing a full <laughs> camouflage outfit like a lunatic. <laughs> like I'm out of my you have mind. A, a sweatsuit of camouflage. It's too much. And I was going to bear actually a like a sweater like I'm wearing right now yeah. in camouflage, but I felt that was too aggressive. You should have worn that today. On the I didn't buy it. I thought about getting I it. I used to have like uh, cargo sh- shorts that were uh, camouflage. They weren't in high school. Did you wear it for style or utility? Uh, style. Utility-wise, it was great. Was it? A cargo shorts, you mean? You can carry everything. Yeah, I used to wear them all the time. What happened to cargo shorts? Nobody wears those anymore. We grew up. We stopped being 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah, now we got jeans. We got four pockets. Yeah, short, like, people like, people like short, short shorts now? No. No. No, I don't <laughs> think that's ever coming back. <laughs> no. But camouflage, I mean, it, it the camouflage is a very cool look. Even yeah. like for the military, it's a cool look. You don't like it? Amba doesn't like it. I think it's a very cool look. Was uh, it big yeah. a few years ago, and it's not that big anymore? It was big when we were in high school, I feel like. Yeah. Not anymore. Do you not like when people wear camouflage or military-looking outfits, and they have no association with the military? Like, they're just wearing it for style? Um, or they wear, like, the no, dog tags? Yeah. Listen, I'm not that PC. That I think if people wear it, they just like the style of it. Yeah. You know? I think it's – I think it's there's there's a – there's a line that that you can't cross. Like you just can't wear like a Nazi symbol because you think that's stylish. No, yeah, of course yeah, not. That's yeah. a little that, different. That's something like camo. I think that's probably. Funny. I think my love of camo came from Street Fighter Two. Guile. Oh, I love Street Fighter. Street, Street Fighter. It was great. Who's your character? Um, the guy. Ryu? <laughs> it was Ryu, wasn't it? Isn't there a green guy? I like the green guy. Oh yeah, you like Blanca because you would press down and he would electrocute. He has, he has like. Uh, Reddish hair too. Yeah, yeah, Blanca. Hair. He he was electric. He would electrocute. Yeah. You couldn't touch him. And who was like the cap bad guy, the captain? Bison. Bison. Oh, Bison. And yeah. Dalsim was great. Dalsim had the extending <laughs> arms and legs. Great oh. maneuver. But I always like Guile. Right. Two reasons. One, I thought his camouflage outfits were awesome. He yeah. was like from the military. Uh, he could have either blue camouflage or green camouflage, and he had like this this really cool move where like he would shoot energy out. Yeah. But even that. He was played by one of my favorite actors in the early 90s, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, I love Jean-Claude. Have you ever seen Bloodsport? <sighs> one of the best movies of all time. I list that in my favorite movies. Wait, honestly. hold Bloodsport. on. Bloodsport. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just, I, hold on. If you want an emotional roller coaster during a movie... <laughs> then watch, then watch Bloodsport. Can you explain what it's about, just as I get this? So Bloodsport is actually based on a true story. Frank Duke. Frank Duke, yeah. So Dukes or Dukes. Yeah, Put I think it's Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes. So it's about a tournament in a. I forgot which country, but it's it's in Asia, where a karate, karate uh, tournament. Thailand, maybe. Um, where uh, they bring in the best fighters around the world. Oh wait, in and, case you're interested. And no pads. Oh, this is, the, this is the music from uh, Bloodsport. I want to keep it playing as we talk. Great soundtrack. So, yeah, they bring the best fighters around the world to compete. No pads. And basically, there's a lot of blood. Some people die. Oh, yeah. Um, you are next. <laughs> that's, the, that's the villain. So let's just explain the ending. So he makes it to the finals, right? And he's up against Chung Li. Yes. Really tough guy. Yeah. Remember his move? People. Oh, yeah. He, had the, he could make his... his boobies like move Ooh. one at a one such big muscles yeah he was so scary looking yeah. and then what happens what happens to Jean-Claude Van Damme he's so, winning in the first so, of the round so this is in the, in the, it's the final round they're, they're fighting against each other he's doing really well Chung Li that's, that's, yes. he takes a basically like a pill 
out of his out of his shorts. Yes. He crushes it up. It must be like garlic or something or powder. Know, powder, yeah. yeah. And and then he throws it at Jean Claude Van Damme's eyes and it blinds him. Blinds him. Blinds and he him. can't see anything. And he actually screams. He goes, yeah. <laughs> then he he catches his training. He blocks like a punch, and he can now see but not see because he's blinded. But he can just sense where the guy is. Yeah. He and like then, catches it in his catches hand. it. And then all of a sudden. He just does the coolest stuff. <laughs> he jumps up into the air and does a full split. Like as the guy is like rushing towards him, just jumps and does a full split. And then he did his trademark Jean-Claude Van Damme move, which was a spinning back kick in the air, three of them, and knocks the guy out. Oh, wow. It was beautiful. Wait, do you remember the end? The bandana? Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes to the hospital. Basically, he, he knocked out Jean-Claude Van Damme's friend. Uh, like really injured him. Yeah, he really injured him. He was in the hospital, and then he took his Harley Davidson bandana and put him on, put it on his leg during the fight yes. to intimidate Jean Claude Van Damme. After Jean Claude Van Damme beats Chung Li, he gets the banana, goes back to the hospital, and he's like, "This, this is for you." The favorite part about the whole movie is the fact that they are seemingly best friends. He's like, "Anytime." Any place, I'm there. They were knew each other for 48 hours. Yeah. They met in the tournament 48 hours ago, and now they are best friends. Yeah. This is ridiculous. You're right. That was the exact line. Anytime, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I love you, my friend. Yeah. And he gives him like a kiss. Wow. And then, then John Clown Van Damme, when he was blind, he was so concerned about like the referee there. That was a great moment, blocking, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was like blocking the referee. Yeah. Well, I think he was also trying to see. No, what happened was the, the bad guy threw him. Into Jean Claude Van Damme, and Jean Claude Van Damme felt him. Yeah. He felt him, and he's like, "Oh, this isn't the guy." And then he pushed him aside. Yeah. Wow. What were we talking about? Camo. Uh, camo. Yeah. We went really off. Yeah. So this is a good story. We just gave a lot of free advertising to Bloodsport. If anybody hasn't watched it, it's one of the best movies that's, of all that's time. That's my favorite karate. I used to love karate movies. Yep. That was my favorite one. Yeah. Amba, yeah. have you seen it? What wow. is wrong with you? My gosh. Jesus. Oh, that's a movie they need to bring back. They have, dude. John Claude Van Damme. He's also been in some movies recently. He was in I know. my other favorite karate movie. We're really going back on tangent. Time Cop, Kickboxer. That was a good one. It was a little bit more dark than Bloodsport. Yeah, but he he was in the most recent one of the most recent ones. Mm. John Claude Van Damme was like the teacher. Yeah, okay. remember when he did a movie with uh, 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 Dennis Rodman? I do, but I forgot what yeah, it was. I, double, I think it was a double team or something. Yeah, or something. I don't know. Wow. There was one where he was uh, like a fire investigator. And then they, they all took over an NFL stadium. I think it was like called Sudden Impact or something. <laughs> Sudden Death. He's the best. He was the best. Best. Yeah. Best. Anyway. All right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hope we didn't turn you guys off at the end of there. I think anyone. this was our best show ever. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. <laughs>